All right, that's pretty good. Yeah, Ian Carlo. <laughs> Dear Lord. <laughs> you know, for a second I was going to say, I've already started recording, we'll just carry on going into the podcast, but now I don't think so. <laughs> like two dragons in the room. Can, can, that not, can that not just be the intro as soon as you press play? You and just go, bah. <laughs> Yes, Cameron, can it be, can. Can that not be the first? <laughs> yes, it can. It can and will. <laughs> Welcome to the Conquistadors. Tonight, witness a fatal four-way like never seen before as the Conquistadors take on the Intercontinental Championship Match Challenge. In each corner tonight, the legend killer, Ewan Taylor. The bad guy, Cameron Phillips. The excellence of execution, Phil Doyle. And Jordi Allen Milburn, only tonight on the Conquistables. Should we just go? Hello, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Hello and good evening. (laughs) What a fantastic start. (laughs) Somebody take over, I can't do the intro. (laughs) Cameron, did you see uh, who was coming to Kamarnock? It's Lionheart and Boo Galloway. No, there's no. two special guest stars coming. Is it Val Venus? No, it is. <laughs> as follows. Mr. Anderson. Oh. And everyone's favourite 2 by 4 swinging retard, Hacksaw Chip Duggan. Hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> hang on. <laughs> no. That's, that's got to be the best description ever. Um... <laughs> Yep. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Oh, yeah, hang on. Easyjet.co.uk. <laughs> Live. Wait, wait. <laughs> When's that you in? It's August the sixth, I think. Let me check. It's the same show as the Lineout Drew Galloway match. <laughs> oh, I'm leaving. I'm, I'm leaving before that happens. But uh... <laughs> for thirty pounds, you can get a meet and greet where you can meet Hacksaw Joe Duggan, Drew Galloway, and Mr. Anderson. For ten pounds less, you can meet everyone except Mr. Uh, except Hacksaw. Thirty pound for them. You know what it costs at this October show to meet Shinki Nakamura, Tanahashi, and Kashida, and the other new Tran guys? No one cares, Phil. Ten pounds. Wow. For wow. ten pounds, you get them. Well, for thirty pounds, it's great. For, for an extra ten pounds, you get a translator. Yeah, oh. I was going to say they don't speak in English, so you could be saying anything to them, and they'd be like, "Yeah, yeah." Hang on, let me check. I can touch them. Well, ten pounds oh. gets you a ticket. Twenty pounds gets you second row. Thirty pounds gets you first row. Wow. You see. Let me just check. Uh, da, 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 da. Just check. Yeah. Oh Sorry, God. Friday, August 28th is the show date. So £30 gets you a meet and greet with Hacks under Duggan, Mr. Anderson, Drew Gallery, plus free limited edition poster to be signed, a bonus <laughs> pre-show match, and a front row seat. Does he still sell like the foam 2x4s? Uh, probably. Awesome. So, and if you, if you do go list, then you'll probably meet at least, at least two-thirds of the conquistables there as well. Uh, also, by the way, if, if we're all going, we can get general seat tickets for t- four tickets for thirty pounds. We save ten pounds. <laughs> That's even cheaper than Target. I need a lot of actual gym, don't it? That's what that's where Target's going wrong. That's what they need yeah, to do. They need to be booking hacks or booking hacks. No, they don't. They don't. Do you, know, you know your mission for this evening, uh, Ewan. What? 
Your mission for the evening of uh, in August is to uh, start a USA chant in the middle of Kamara. That's, that's exactly what Lisa said to me when I mentioned it. I was mentioning <laughs> to Lisa. I'm going to find the exact quote. Hang on. It says, lol, I bloody hate hacks, although I'm trying to start a USA stuff might be fun. <laughs> yes, it's going to be immense. Can you imagine? So, uh, you, you guys must at least make an attempt to come up for that, because that's going to be amazing. <laughs> that sounds amazing. That sounds amazing. <laughs> are you are you interested, by the way, Phil, in coming to Fear and Loathen at the end of, uh, well, middle of November, isn't it? Um, yeah. I don't, I'll have to check, I don't know. What, what day is it on? It's something that's a giant like, posse of us now going. Yeah, because Kev from Sonic Ring is going. Yeah. Rest in peace. <laughs> is that Sonic Ring officially dead, then? I haven't got a clue. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> he doesn't speak to me anymore. Does he not? Trouble with him, no, it's all, it's all dead. It's all what gone. What cunt? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I think mainly because he's like offshore and I barely check Twitter these days. Let me just check. Well, yeah, and he's too busy crossing his zebras. Makes no sense to me. No, it's all Swahili. Is that racist? No. no. Is that space racism? I'm not sure. No, it's can not. You, can you be spacist? <laughs> spacist. Possibly. Well, isn't that technically the Empire? Like Darth Vader was spacist, wasn't he? A little bit. You know, they had all the aliens just... like somewhere else. They're all humans, yeah, weren't they? Exactly. It was a space UK. Exactly. Space kit. I hate the fact that Coke is doing four episodes of the art of wrestling in Edinburgh while he's doing his run of shows. Nice. <clears throat> and uh, they're all Monty Python themed this year. So the first show is I'm a lumberjack and I'm okay. Nice. The second <laughs> show is and now for something completely different. The third one is the Ministry of Silly Headlocks. <laughs> <laughs> Fair play, that's good. I, I like that. That's you need one. to make an effort to come up, Phil, because Feeding Loathing is a great show normally. It's amazing. Yeah. It's, you might actually get to witness the death of Dickie Divers. <laughs> if he's not dead before then. It's uh, the 15th of November. Which will be a Sunday. Mm. Uh, yes. I will uh, make inquiries. Because it's, uh, Mick Foley will be there. Yep. <laughs> He's no Dougie Nosey. No. If I actually... Um, Dickie Divers might be dead before then. Because at um, Shog's House Party 2, he's facing Renfrew in a ladder match for the Square Goal briefcase. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> at the ABC, otherwise known as the, um, the Disco Ball of Death arena. Yes, the Disco Ball of Death. They're going to have to avoid that Disco Ball at the top of that ladder, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> Someone's going to claim on that eventually. The one that's slowly spin round. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, two like, revolutions it's, a minute. It's, it's a gig venue, so there's like this massive glitter ball in the middle of the arena. And they, they, when they had the cage match at the Square Go, when BT Gunn and uh, Wolfgang had the cage match, there was one corner of the cage that was just about touching the disco ball. Yeah, and also on that same show, Wolfgang is facing Rhino. Holy shit, that'll be good. <laughs> Although, have you seen Wolfgang's latest t shirt? Now he's turned to join the NAK. No. It's like Grado's It's Your Cell t shirt, but it says, Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> classy 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 anyway are we um, we should get, get back into topic because eh? <laughs> this this probably won't be the introduction now because we've kind of gone way 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 <laughs> I was going to say how, to segue into the introduction and make this uh, tribute to Dusty Rhodes is going to be somewhat tricky I don't know I could talk like a racist Texan <laughs> oh he's not Ooh. still fresh in the ground Ewan come on eh, he's still warm <laughs> yeah, oh, Dusty Rhodes died that, didn't he j- do you think the purporter got ducked on his coffin? <laughs> God. Jesus. The one the one time I thought we'd be classy about something and we come in with a polka dot coffin. Jesus. I thought we recovered from you know the potential Benoit's comments of a few episodes ago, but no. Did you see um 
uh, Kevin Owens did that picture of his T-shirt. Yes, and I did. did. That the was great. Dots, chaos. That's really cool. I like that. That is, it is sad. Dusty Rhodes died because it seemed like because if someone said like Harley Race had died, I'd be like, oh, that makes sense because yeah. he's old and not been around. But Dusty seemed like he was still involved and in doing stuff. Well, he was still at the performance center. You know, he wasn't yeah. like enjoying. Was he booking there, or was he like partly creative on it or something? He was part of like the creative yeah. team, I think. There. Best thing about Dusty Rhodes as well, though, is yeah, he was part of creative in WCW, which obviously went down the pan. But he at least uh-huh. admits when he had really bad ideas. Yeah, as we said last night. <laughs> yeah, because I remember him talking about. Obviously, this is the man who invented war games mm. as a concept. Yeah, brilliant. It's also the man who invented the Chamber of Horror match. Oof. Which, as we all know, was terrible. But he kind of shrugs his shoulders and go, it seemed like a good idea at the time, baby. <laughs> I, 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 I think he also invented the Shockmaster. Yes, it, yeah. it's, it's the whole thing about he came up with the Shockmaster as well. It's like kind of going, poor, poor Fred. Oh, is it, is it? Uncle Fred. <laughs> yeah, it's like Cody Rhodes apparently as a kid was watching that. And at uh, uh, the the family home, and then like obviously saw the Shockmaster like fall over, and obviously kind of had an idea who it was because he turned around the rest of the family and kind of go, I think that was Uncle Frey. <laughs> that was it. Kayfabe gone. Yeah, <laughs> that was it. Santa Claus reveals. It was just hilariously funny. But there we go. Yeah. But yes, sad and tragic that Dusty Rhodes is no longer with us. So, um, what better way to honour the passing of Dusty Rhodes than to talk about the Intercontinental Championship about he never won? both his sons did true 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 connection Cody did bring back the white belt didn't he so yes he did I guess I suppose you praised for that alone Hmm. so uh, rest in peace Dusty Rhodes exactly exactly. in your in your polka dot coffin can can I share with you the Dusty Rhodes story of course you may just a short one when I was a kid, I collected Hasbro wrestling figures. In fact, I've still got them all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know you have. Obviously, yeah. D- Dusty Rhodes is the one you couldn't get in this country. Why is that? I don't know. They just didn't produce them. Yeah, maybe that's a good point. And for years, I never had Dusty Rhodes. I had everything. Not, oh, it was so sad. Until I found this thing called eBay. And at the age of 22, I realized, hang on, I could finally have one. I could live the American dream. Hey. So... I did indeed. I bought them for 30 quid and I've still got them. However, if I want them carded, it's about 250 quid. Yeah, I've, I've got a feeling that might have doubled since uh, a few days ago. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Rock, you're the biggest piece of trash I ever saw. It hurts me to do this, but I really don't give a damn about you or the WWF, so I'll see you a little bit later. Oh, my. No! There goes the belt! And that's the bottom line. Because the 316 said so. You piece of trash. Let him swim out there and find a damn thing. If he's lucky, he'll find it. If he don't, maybe he'll drown. I really don't give a damn what he does. Well, Austin has done it again. He's defied authority. The Intercontinental title is sleeping with the fishes tonight. And Rocky's got a good swim in front of him if he ever expects to get it back. Um, well, we, this well, we're just going to talk about the. Uh, it's different this week because we talk about the IC belt and specifically what we think is the best IC championship match. Yeah? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So we picked uh, a match each, and yep. we're going to talk. Well, I think each of us is going to talk about why we think it's the best, and then the rest of them are going to try to argue with our cohesive arguments, <clears throat> and then we'll come to some kind of conclusion about which is the best. Sounds fair. Which will be which will be my pick because that's the best one. 
No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. 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 Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. No. <laughs> no. Shall we start with some content about facts before we get into it properly? Go on then. Uh, so, as we all know, it was given to Pat Patson when it was unified with another belt back in the yep. uh, late 70s, 79, something like that. So, it's <clears> been around for a good, how many years is that? Nearly 40 years? At least 40, nearly 40. Surely he won it in a tournament, did he not? I think he won it in a tournament. It was in some... It was <laughs> was like this Rio? this Puerto Rico thing? And it was yeah, just, no, it was Rio like de Janeiro, the famous fictional wrestling capital yeah, of the yeah. world. Rio de Janeiro, where... <laughs> so where it obviously Every tournament takes place. <laughs> yeah. Because that's how it works. Um, I believe um, your man... Oh, God, I've got his name. I can't find my words on my words. This is the worst intro I've ever done for a thing ever. No, it's not. Yeah, oh, fair point. What do you look like? Honky Tonk Man has had the longest reign. Right. There you go. 445 days. Elvis would be the answer, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and who do you think had the shortest reign of the title? Um, oh. Hang on. Give me, um, give me a thing. And I'll, uh, if you give me a thing, I'll get it. Is it a really stupid reign? Does it, it, doesn't class, it doesn't count when they were unified, does it? No, it's before it was unified. Uh, so it's in the in the mid nineties. Was it not like a battle royal or something? Oh man! No, 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 no! Give me two seconds. I'm, I'm, I'm getting this. Um, in the mid nineties, Martinetti. No, should I tell you? Dean Douglas. Oh, oh, that doesn't even count. Thirteen minutes and fifty-two seconds. <laughs> what? Yep. That Shawn Michaels forfeited the belt, and then Rizman beat him for it because the click couldn't bear having anyone else having the belt. Exactly. Uh, youngest oh, champion's okay. Jeff Hardy. He won it at 23 years old. Uh, any guesses for the oldest champion? Uh, Ric Flair. There you go. Hey. Oh, ah, of course. Won it part of Evolution 2005. He shoots, he scores. And the only women champion is China. Well, yes. women's, well champ- women champion. Uh, I've seen she, one night in China. Possibly not. <laughs> she No, but she co-held it with Jericho, didn't she? Yeah, but then she won it on her own right afterwards. Yeah. Oh, but right. she won it before on her own. She yeah. Won it before, she, won it out, she won it from Jeff Jarrett at the Good Yeah, sorry, yeah. Then she defended it against Jericho at Survivor Series. Then she lost it with a stupid double pin thing, didn't she? That was it. Well, she didn't lose it. It was held on. <laughs> oh, no, sorry. Did Jericho not beat her? No, Jericho beat her first. And then, then, then it was the, the double, double pin thing. It was the double pin. Yeah. So they held it up. Then they had it the Rumble with uh, yeah. Parker Holly. Hmm. So the OC belts had quite a storied history going back over the years. It was always like the second tier belt, but I think they always gave it to the, the person who they were testing for the mainstream to be the main of the company. If you get the IC belt in six months later, you would either have you would either have the main belt or you were practically on your way yeah, for you were pushed back down the card again, weren't you? So yeah. I would it's fair to say since it's not a belt that survived the brand split very well because no, you got it's... into the mess of Different belts for different brands, and then they had their own sub belts, and then they re brought it back together, and then there were two sub belts. So it kind of got they retired in the for a little while, didn't they? They unified it with the USA belt, didn't they? Triple H, Triple H, and Kane had a um, had a match to unify. Oh, unified sure with they, they unified it with the heavyweight belt, didn't they? Yeah, and then they kind of reactivated it a while ago because they thought, oh, they had a belt. Had a battle royal to determine that only former Intercontinental champions could. Enter and I can't. I should know this off the top of my head. Was it Christian won it? Am I wrong? I think Jericho won it. I can't remember who won it. It might have been. It was. I remember. I remember the match wasn't being particularly good. Um, It's been like kind of flopping around for like the last kind of ten years, and then 
Um, we thought the good times were back when Daniel Bryan won, but then apparently his neck is made out of celery, so he can't have the belt. <laughs> Do we know any more about what that neck no, injury they've is? Not, they've not, they've not, not so no, they've not said if it's a shoulder, if it's like because before it's it was um, gone real quiet on that. I think yeah. I think it means I think that means it's bad. Well, from the mm. podcast we were talking about with Jericho before he came back WrestleMania, he was saying it was like the um, the strength in his hand was going. That was the problem. He, Ooh, like, he, like, he, he like couldn't That's open his car door or anything like that. So they did, but it was like something to do with the nerve in his elbow or something. Not necessarily because they couldn't find anything wrong with the shoulder or neck. So I don't know what if it is like a proper neck injury or if it's just you know. You know if, he hand, if, he, heavy, if he can't handle, if he can't handle the bell bellas anymore, I'm happy to take over. Can't touch him, as the song goes. I could certainly have a good try. You, yeah, you probably could do. Probably could do. So we're going to reach back into the past and find some storied matches that we like and talk about them. So shall we go chronolog- chronologically? Chippity-bitty? Chronologically? Um, if it goes chronologically, who's going first? That would be, be uh, yourself. It would be me. Be, indeed, yeah, it would be Phil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be yeah, me. Because yeah. uh, I might as well go first because mine's the best match. So I may as well just get it done mm. and I can just go to bed. Champion Rowdy Rowdy Piper, yeah! his opponent, a former IC champion himself, number one contender, Brett the Hitman Hart. You know, Gentlemen, we have arrived. We we have arrived. You know, I gotta say, first of all, man, I gotta tell you how much I love your family. I gotta tell you how much I love your mom. I know you, I know this guy since he's been oh, knee high to a grasshopper. I know, I remember when they were changing your potty pants. I remember even when, of course, you were potty trained till he was seven, but ah, everybody's got their problem. <laughs> so my match is from WrestleMania 8, aka the greatest WrestleMania, with the champion Rally Rally Piper versus Brett the Hitman Hart. Now, shall I tell you why this match is so good? I go through the details as to why this match is the best Intercontinental Championship match in the history of our business. I'm just finding my notes a wee second. I've got yeah. them, right? Yeah. So allow me I'm to... Uh... Got notes. <laughs> 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 I've to... just wrote at the top of the page, it's really, really good, but Phil likes it, so it must be shit. Right, just... no. Let me have my say first. Okay, right, sorry. Right. Okay. Okay. So uh, I'm not going to talk about the promo beginning of the match, before the match, which is the best promo before a match ever, as we all know. I'm just going to talk about the match where you have these two men together. You have Brett Hitman Hart and Bradley Roddy Piper. Now, Hitman, we all know Hitman, he's a good technical wrestler. But what Piper is, he's not a good technical wrestler. But he's been around so much, he's mastered the psychology of the game. He knows how to get an audience into the palm of his Scottish-Canadian hand and just make him do what he wants, which is what he does in this match. He takes us on a story, on a journey, through his dark side and out the other side. Okay. Because when Piper comes into the match, he's the champion, he's got the belt, and he wants to keep the belt. You know, she be mine, as he says, before he goes down to the ring. Oh, th- th- thank you, gentlemen. Bye Bret bye. Hart on bye his bye. way to the ring. Bye-bye. Bye. This should be a classic, ladies and gentlemen. I don't think so. Roddy Roddy Piper defending Not against today. the challenger. Let's get back to ringside. She be mine. Please. But Hitman's a better wrestler. He's younger, he's faster. He's the new generation, to coin the term, that will come down the road. But what he isn't is, he isn't a dirty player of the game like Piper is. But Piper's a babyface, so he can't be that dirty. 
But this is what the great thing of Hopi does. Is he uses the psychology of this throughout the entire match. It happens, I think, the turn is when, I think, Hitman slapped him or throws him out of the ring. Piper comes back in and he spits his gum at Hitman's face. He's upset! Oh, here we go! Here we go! That was uncalled for. Well, he lost it. A real champion wouldn't spit. And a politician is in order. He'd eye-gouge him. And it's like, whoa, the whole crowd, like, oh my goodness, he just spat him. This is ridiculous. And like, after that, it just turns into a big slew of cheap shots as kind of Piper goes back to his old heel business. I think he uh, busts him open with like, pretend like, going, oh, Hitman, your shoe's untied. And pop, busted open, blood everywhere. <laughs> I love that spot, by the great, way. I thought that it? was really good. It's great. Until we get to the point of the match where Hit- Piper's there with a bell, standing over a bloody mess that is the Hitman struggling to his feet Piper over him about to hit him with a belt and that Piper we have there it isn't the same Piper that walked into the match at the beginning walked into the ring at the beginning of the match this is the heel Piper this is the same Piper who busted a coconut but snuck his head who kicked Cindy Lauper who was up against Hulkamania as like the chief bad guy that's the Piper that he's now become again but he sells it to the crowd he looks out over that crowd they start booing him and he sells that struggle with his dark side so well until he drops the bell and the crowd cheer and he loses you know of course he loses Hitman's the better wrestler but he's not the better man that's what the match tells you Piper may lose but he's still the better man because he's stuck to his principles and he can walk out of that match with his head held high and no one tells a story that good I dare, I dare you to find a match since then that's told as good a story as this match does that's all because Piper with his experience and his psychology knows how to guide that audience where he wants them to go and that's what makes this the greatest intercontinental match of all time. <laughs> Stunned the silence because I'm right. Thank you. Nope. Mic drop. Okay. Uh, point. Wow. Hang on. I'm just picking my headphones back up. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you actually dropped your mic. Didn't I you? did. Yeah, I did. Threw it on the table. Oh, well, I thought it was some sound effect. I had to pick it up to put it back up again. No, that was all in mic. That's all I do. So that's that's why it's the best. So you can't really argue about that because I'm right. Oh, we can uh, see you're wrong. Uh, I'll have a point to it uh, in in Phil's favour, if if not else. Um, at the end of the match, it, you don't see it on the broadcast, but it's mentioned in Brett's book. Piper actually, um, they actually go arm in arm down the aisle as a show of respect. The yeah, legs carry walk together. He like, walks them out the ring, doesn't he? Yeah, and then they go right the way down the aisle, sort of as a sign of respect for yeah. each other. Because it is um, it's like a passing of the torch moment, isn't it? It is like it would. I mean, Piper would go on wrestling for a long time, but I would probably say this is his final should, good match. He, he should have left it. He should. This should have been his retirement match. Mm. This is the kind of uh, Mick Foley syndrome, isn't it? Which we'll get to later, where you just no can't give it up. With, no bollocks with Jerry Lawler two years later. <laughs> so you know that. It's it's that new generation taking over. I think you watch Piper, you know, puts Brett over a big start in this match. He makes him look like a million dollars, even though Brett's you know good technically. But I think he always needs that other person just to kind of take the match up to that next level. You know, he needs that person. He's got that little bit extra. Same with Triple H. Triple H is really good, but unless he's working with somebody who's that little bit special to kind of make the match that better, I think that's that's why you put Hitman in with things. That's why his his match with Scott Steiner didn't work, eh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Belly to belly city, bitch. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the wrong t-shirt. <laughs> that doesn't sound right, does it? I, took on, I, I dare you to pick holes in this match. It's perfect. It's 
amazingly good. I'll grant you that. Mm -hmm. But of the four we've selected, I don't think it's the best. (sighs) Mainly, and though it's not an actual flaw with the match itself, I'm thinking that how far away from this match was it that Brett beat Ric Flair for the world title? It's about six months, isn't it? Five months, yeah, September. Yeah. It's after SummerSlam, isn't it? It's after he drops the belt to Bulldog. Isn't it? Is oh, that... yeah, just spoil my match, yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah, because no one knows, do they? Are. <laughs> Jesus. Spoil the match, Nobody knows the finish, yeah. Oh, sorry, spoilers for a match that's 23 years old. <laughs> right, are we on the Professor Layton again? God, <laughs> <laughs> well, that harks back. Um, <laughs> school reference. Jesus, God. I just. It's. Perfect. I'm just no, it's, using it's, your words for you, Cameron. Yes, it's, it's, it's a fantastic story, but my, my whole thing is. As far as an Intercontinental title thing goes, it didn't really... I mean, Brett was on to the next thing within about six months. And whilst it's a good match, I'm not denying it's a good match, it just doesn't... It's not the best one. But I think it really, like, the, the two of them, before the, that promo before the match and everything, it, it really... Oh, the promo it, is stunning. And it puts fantastic. the belt over. It makes the belt seem really important, which I think is the main thing but, that they've lost with the belts. Yeah. There's no build-up to this match. I'll give, you that. I'll give you that. They, we... do, they do the whole build-up. And don't get me wrong, it's probably six months worth of build-up in that two-minute promo at the start of the match. You know what I mean? That, that's, you know, they don't was draw, it, that, that's was it not, though, that Brett had lost the title to the Mountie because he had the flu at the time? Yes. But um, he was forced to wrestle by Jack Tunney yeah. and blah, 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 blah. It was on a house show, and wasn't then, it, or something? And yeah. Piper made the save at the end because Mountie was electrocuting and Piper made the save and then that set up the match for the Rumble, which Piper won. Yeah. Which Piper won the belt back, but then you had yeah. the whole thing of Brett wanting to get the belt back, but knowing he had to go through Piper to do it. I'm assuming Piper was on the road between then and the, Rumb- uh, the WrestleMania, then between Rumble and WrestleMania take. So I'm assuming he was just like, you know, had the belt and he made a few appearances and that was it. He wasn't like working. Well, there was no Raw back then, was there? Um, no, he tagged with Hogan actually between uh, just just out of sort of a park back to the bygone ages. He um, he had a match tagging with Hogan when Hogan was the champ. That's just wrong. Sid, Sid Justice and Ric Flair. That's just wrong. Yeah, looking back now, it is a bit weird, isn't it? That would have been a bloody cracker to watch, though. Can you imagine that? You turn up to a house show and it's Roddy Piper and Hulk Hogan versus okay, Ric Flair and Sid's the kind of weak link in it. <laughs> you reckon? But yeah, good but chunks, it'd still good be chunks, good. Man. Oh well, yeah. shouldn't be in a match that goes over five minutes. That's fair. Um, as I've written about today. <laughs> uh, so um, yeah, as I say, Phil. As far as I'm concerned, this match it's good, but it's not the best. I think I've got uh, maybe a couple of more minutes would have helped it. I know, Thirteen minutes seems a quick, mm. bit short it for does, an epic match. Watching it back the other day, it does seem quite short. I'll grant you that. That's because because it's so good, it just flies by. That's what it is. And it, oh, would, yeah. it would have stolen the card if not for the Flair Savage match. It would have stolen here, the card by a quick Here's my major, my, my major issue with the match is, is the blade job really necessary? Yeah! Well, the blade job was so good, Vince McMahon didn't know it was a blade job, yeah. but they managed to pull it off. It, it, it just it, seemed, watching it back now, just completely random and out of place. But it, it sells seem... that at the end of the match when like, hit, Hitman's on the floor like a bloody mess and Piper's yeah, got I, I know, the... I know, I know it's a good visual at the end of the match. I know it's a good visual when you see the tights covered in blood, yeah. but I just felt it was a really unnecessary aspect to what was an otherwise a really good match. I just so don't wait, quite... wait, wait. Bear in mind your pick later, you're saying that the blood was too much. Right. No, no, no. This <laughs> is, my match is a completely different match to what this yeah. match is. Yeah. So context. it's completely different. Out of context. Completely different. Oh, I see. 
You're just trying to troll me, Mr. Phil. It's not going to work. Me? Of course. I would never do that, Yuri. At any point, no. at any point during this match, does Roddy Piper get a baseball bat and try and set it on fire? <laughs> no. Spoilers, come on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, spo- yeah. I should be angry. Professor about that. No, spoilers, spoilers for an 11-year-old match. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's perfect. Uh, perfect. And also, also, this match has got Grinnell Monsoon and Bobby Heenan in the commentary. I'm done. That's well, it. I mean, what more can I say? Well, they're also making racist banana comments within 20 seconds of the match starting. Have they ever met before in a ring? I don't know that. You don't know a lot of things for a broadcast journalist. I didn't care to find out. Oh, how do you like that, Mr. Know-it-all? Do you have a banana to peel or something? No. But that's Monsoon, isn't it? He's a, he's a gorilla for going out. Yeah, that's, 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 that's a joke they were making, yeah. Yeah, the joke is, yeah, he's a gorilla. I know. He's called Gorilla. You know, you've got the, you know, waffling him out back with the tire iron lines in this match. Yep. And you've also got the, probably the only rest of the match I know of where Sheffield is mentioned. (laughs) He does, doesn't he? I'll be in Sheffield, England in a couple weeks. You will? I will. Sorry to hear that. Why, you you don't have a round trip ticket, do you? Hope it's Yes, I do. Why? That's right, they're arguing about that. Yeah, it, but it's the way it's like kind of yeah, Bobby, Heen, Bobby Heenan goes, I'll be in Sheffield next week or something like that. And then Gorilla Monsoon goes, I feel sorry for you. It's like, <laughs> what's wrong with Sheffield? <laughs> he, he obviously preempted the full Monty, didn't he? <laughs> Probably, aye. Christ. Um, the ending I always thought was a bit. I remember being quite young watching this, thinking the ending was quite snazzy with the sleeper hold going over. I like in, that. In, yeah, it's almost sort of springboard it looks a bit in, in retrospect though I don't know if it's just because you know we're all cynical now but it looks a bit weird in retrospect now no, I don't think, I think the thing is Hart doesn't get very high does he he kind of no, really gets no. himself but half looks, up in the air it looks like the easiest thing to kick out of because you're kind of thinking just let go yeah just yeah. roll a little Piper, bit just let go oh no but the whole, I think the whole point is it's meant to be that grog at that point he doesn't have the wherewithal to, to let go hmm that's what I think they're trying to go for. It's it's silly, but I, that's possible what we're going for there. Maybe, maybe. Mine's still, yeah, the, best, my, it's still this, the best. My official word on it is it's good, but it's not the best. <laughs> so so it would be a wholeheartedly wondrous second place. To quote Roy Walker, it's good, but it's not the one. Because we had one competitor who was, yes, definitely on the up. We had Roddy Piper, who should have, as Al says, this should have been the end. And it should have been that's it, but it's kind of tainted by the fact he carried on. Yeah, in, in WWF and WCW. I'll give you that, but it's still as uh, as you know, a moment frozen in amber to be topical about because Jurassic Park out this week. It's perfect, 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 perfect. Right? Nope. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Nope. Well, Al's next anyway because it's chronologically. It's we 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 wander down the time for six months later. To SummerSlam of this year? 1992. The glory years. I think Nick Perfect's going to be in Ultimate Warrior's corner today. He will. No way he's going to be on the side of Matchman Randy Savage. Look at the king.
the glory um, yes yes i think i think me and phil share the same opinions on, <laughs> on these years well, wembley Right, I'll just I'll just quickly go back to um, just before the match. You had Roddy Roddy Piper doing the doing the uh, bit of back points at Wembley just before the match. What's what you think? Huh? <laughs> tied into the previous match, yeah. <laughs> of course. Well, we get the champions rematch clause. He says, "No, I'll just play him with bagpipes. It's fine. It's fine, guys. <laughs> That's what I'll do." <laughs> Yeah. Well, anyway, this this match had little build as well. It was thrown together, not at the last minute, but late on because it was supposed to be Brett versus Michaels at SummerSlam. But the uh, when it was built to be in Washington DC, but Vince Bean's clever said, "Let let's go to London. That looks a good area at the top, so to speak." And uh, of course, brought it to Wembley for. I hope I've got this fact right. The third largest live audience. It was the third largest. I don't have anything to beat it. It's certainly going to be uh, up there because it's huge. Is there any thousand people do they say during the match? I can't it remember was now. WrestleMania, WrestleMania 3 and WrestleMania 29 are the seeing... one that red. I don't know if 31 beat it or anything. Well, looking at here, they had 80,355 people. They are the only ones to beat it at WrestleMania 29 and WrestleMania 3. Yeah. Mm. So, and for, yet he's for never match, come back. Had mm. the highest crowd outside WrestleMania. Um. And it's probably, I'm sure somebody could prove me wrong, is it the only Intercontinental match to go on last? Uh, I can't um, think of any others on the top can't of Can't think of any that stick up my head. I mean, Warrior Hogan, but that was for the... That was Tilly Buzz and Yeah. Were there any when Brock was off the pay-per-views recently? I don't think so. I think they just had Dean Ambrose in there and uh, yeah, Seth Rollins just... on some of them. And Bray Wyatt, wasn't it? I, yeah. I don't remember any yeah, IC bucks going last because who was the champion then? Was it been Barrett? It would have been Barrett. And he was probably opening the show. Yeah. He was, he, he was on the pre-show. No, yeah. He was on the pre-show. <laughs> <laughs> he went on last on the pre-show, yeah. God's sake. Um, so, so, yeah, so the, the, um, they also went down the storyline. Again, I checked my fact, but I think it could be the first time they've done it with family members actually wrestling each other in the big match. Uh, I mean, it's been done to death since, but hmm. I can't think of it at the uh, time. I think this will be before Bretton Owen. Um, yeah. I think you're right. I think you might be right, actually. So, straight away... As far away, as the WWF goes, I don't yeah. think there's any kind of examples of any kind of brothers or anything like that playing each other since. Not, not in big stages, at least, I don't think. Of. I know well, Bretton and Davey fought before in the tag team division, but it was never acknowledged, I don't think, on screen that they were related at all. Um, but so here you go in... in You've got, like we say about quick build-ups, it's just the fact that they're both faces and that they're both related and that the sister's stuck in the middle and then you've got that instant investment in the storyline straight away. Who's who's the sister want to win? Well, she says she doesn't care who wins, but oh, I think Davey, Davey Boy's paycheck switches that, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> so cynical, so cynical. Bulldog cuts a promo before the, before the match saying, Bret Hart, when we get in that ring, I don't even know you, which I thought was quite good. Yes. Brett, you are the Intercontinental Champion. Yes, Brett, you are my brother-in-law. But when I step in the ring with you, Brett, I never met you. I don't even know you. Um, and Brett Hart comes with the promo going, he was very offended by that, that uh, Davey Boy said that. 
But you know something really bugs me? It really irks me is the British Bulldog actually has the gall to come out here and say that when he steps in the ring with me, that he's never met me, that he doesn't know me. Well, let me tell you something, British Bulldog. Take a good look at my face and look me in the eye and tell me you don't know me. Do you remember that far back, British Bulldog, when I was the one that introduced you to my sister Diana in the first place? And as far as your career in the World Wrestling Federation, I'm the one that helped you the most. You wouldn't be where you are in the World Wrestling Federation if it wasn't for me. Talk about gratitude. And then we get the start of the match. And what more do you want? Lennox Lewis turns up. What more do you want? I'd forgot Lennox Lewis was the flag bearer. <laughs> yep. The Canadian leads him out. Come on. <laughs> oh, dear. It's kind of apt, I suppose, given the two of them and all that. But never mind. Sorry, carry on. So they are, they go on last in the nighttime sky of, of London in Wembley Stadium um, for what, what's probably, again, one of a rare classic at that time, wrestling clinic almost, after Steamboat Savage. I don't think WWE have done that in a big, big match situation since it's all been power wrestlers and, and stuff like that. I mean, you could argue Flair Savage was quite good, but again, it didn't, didn't go on last from WrestleMania yet. No. So, um, so you got you've got you've got <clears throat> Canada Canada versus England, and to be fair, Bret Hart's reception isn't too frosty considering he's in enemy territory. Have um, they suppressed the sound when when he enters though? Who Bulldog or Bret? Bret. Because oh. there's a distinct tinniness to the crowd noise on the WWE network, and part of me's thinking, uh, have they suppressed? There's booing later on, but it's only really when he's acting up the know. heel. I'd have to dig up my old uh, tape reader. Yeah, tape I'd be interested to see. Oh, I've got VHS, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd check the VHS on that one if you get a moment, Al, if you have the means to do so, because I'd be interested to know. Because it does sound a bit, it's got that kind of trademark kind of swirliness to it, that you mm. know, mm. like, like they've kind of suppressed the booing. Because I say, yeah. there, is, there is booing later on when, when Brett is blatantly trying to heal it up in the middle of the ring when he when Bulldog's out then it's it is, there's loads of booing there but when he first comes on it's just oddly kind of quiet so it's almost a reverse from what Phil was saying and this time Brett's got to play the face stroke heel role to, mm-hmm. to, to Bulldog's mm. all on face so whenever he learns off Piper he can, he can get some tricks from what he learned a few months ago um, sort of thing I mean they start off at a fantastic pace which which I think does knock a Bulldog out a little bit <laughs> early on but I mean, the moves are hit a fantastic. Um, Bulldog hits um, a crucifix that proper drives Brett into the mat. Yeah, um, it looks fantastic. But then the use of psychology to go back to it later on, where Bulldog tries the same spot and he, he hits him with a tatanka drop instead. Like a Samoan drop instead, uh, he reverses it. And this Bulldog flippy thing to get out of an armbar, as I remember. Yeah, Sorry? he does a kind of. He does a kind of, Bulldog does a kind of springboard to get out of an armbar. Oh, he's, he's lifting arm. Yeah. Oh, the cartwheel thing he does as yeah, well. Yeah, he kind of. Bang, that, that's kind of, really fantastic. Yeah. He kind of kips so, up on his, on his, you know, with his other arm, and it gets out of it that way. So the, the guy was big and had a lot of power, but he was damn athletic as well. He, he was, but it's what back to what Phil was saying as well is that. Bulldog's a guy who needs someone to lead him. He can't have a good match. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's, he's matches for Brett. His matches were fantastic. But he, when he had a match with Diesel, God, that was terrible. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think, no, think yeah. he's very shot that down to Diesel was terrible. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, he does that. Now, we do get a few chin locks in it, but I think it's catching the breath, and I think <laughs> Brett Hart's got to go through the routine with David because he forgot. But still, it's... Um, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> This is the Street Wrestling Clinic. Oh, you're starting to pick holes in your own match here. Yeah, I think you're finding a, a few holes. That it, is a wrestling, it is a wrestling clinic, but you know, it's just... Um, 
It's a consultation, you know, you got a consultation in the clinic, haven't you? So. <laughs> Best you, you, you can't argue with that, can you? This that's a faultless argument right there. There's just no there's no there's no way around that. You've got to have a consultation for a clinic. You gotta so, so anyway, uh, the, the match continues and there's a brilliant spot where um, I, I don't even know if I'm selling this match anymore. There's a brilliant spot where Brett wants to do a wants to do a planter off the top rope, but Davy's gone. So Brett just actually lands on his head. <laughs> as much as people just remember that. Just, you know, he goes off the. He, he springboards over the top rope, and he's obviously Davy's probably meant to catch him and then fall backwards. But Davy just forgets, so Bretard just does it on his head. <laughs> he just goes, ah, fuck it, I'll go anyway. Yeah, screw <laughs> it. Um, so, so he does superplex off the top rope, which is another cool visual, another movie that didn't teach up there that time, WFE either. And then Davy Boy gets him up for the power slam. And of course, that's that's the match over, isn't it? Because he's hit the power slam, but no. Bretard kicks out, which which again, I think at the time, there's very few people kicked out from Bulldog's power slam. So Brett returns by putting them in the sharpshooter. And again, it's not like nowadays where whatever submission moves you put on, the, the wrestlers get into the ropes, isn't he? Guaranteed. But back then, very few people put out the sharpshooter either. But Davy Boy gets to gets to do that, and it keeps the fans on the seat that uh, the edge of the seat that um, that the hero is going to lose. Is that and the sharpshooter go. that Brett applies from a ground start? Oh, sorry, he does, he does the Mr. Perfect yeah. spot, yes. Um, he, 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 he does not mix that from the Mr. Perfect match. He's, he's going on from his other classic matches to uh, bring bring things to the fray. And then obviously you get the, the, the bit of a bit of a surprise finish when Bulldog sits down during the sunset flip to uh, to a massive, an absolute massive pop, mind you, when, when that pinfall goes down. <laughs> Well, there's there's my issue. There's my point with this match. I think if you take this match out of England, put it into like a regular show in America, it will take off and the, the edge off it or reduce the quality of the match. I think this crowd and the because the, they're they're crazy through the whole thing, aren't they? They're popping through the whole time. There's yeah. the air horns going up. I think take that take them take them out of it. I think it'll be a you, the, the quality of the match just kind of sings a little bit because yeah. that crowd lifts if it, it up. If it was in New York or if it was in Atlanta or wherever like that, yeah. it wouldn't have meant it, it, it would have been. A, Probably, we wouldn't have been it. talking about it, it to this day. No, because that, that's what makes it special. Does. They boo the shit out of Bret Hart when he goes near those ropes, don't <laughs> they? Yeah. Bloody hell, that is deafening. Didn't he talk about on a podcast when his book or something about how like he wanted Davey to like not play up to the crowd or something? Yeah, it was ridiculous. Whatever point he was trying to make, was, was he like wanted to prolong the scene or something. But I thought, come on, it stu- makes Bret Hart look stupid if you prolong the scene. Yeah, because Davey uh, yeah. starts like looking at the crowd and like shrugging, like, oh, what's he doing? He's leaving and all that. Yeah, but I think the main thing we've not talked yeah, about on this yeah. so far is um, the jacket that Diana Hart's wearing at ringside. <laughs> because brown thing. I think this kind of slots into our kind of ongoing topic about the wardrobe of Hart family members at ringside during matches. They shoot as hell like brown and beige. They do, don't they? Because she's carrying off this kind of—it's like a cowboy suede brown jacket with dangly bits. Yeah, it must have been. The, I mean, it's early nineties. You know, it must have even been the then. Fashion. That's still a push to carry that off. I think she managed it just about. I think. No. Yeah, wrestling fashion is always ten years behind. So, nineteen ninety two would have been nineteen eighty two in wrestling that's fashion. So well, it's gonna work pretty fair much, point. pretty yeah. much. Yeah. That's a good jacket. It is, it is, you know, a really good jacket. And what's with um, Bulldog's complicated arm gesture before he just the power slam? Was he not though? 
as far as we're aware now, out of his head on painkillers during this That's match. Probably, That's probably it. Was probably probably putting point. muscle back into place. I, I, I don't, I don't believe that. Watching the match back, I'm sorry, I don't believe he's out of it, so to speak. He There's a lot. Of the old Sal. Yeah. When he could have um, been, you know, otherwise the uh, extreme pain. Been planning the next five minutes or so. I just don't believe you could have a match like that if you if you completely mm. off your face. I'm sorry. I mean, he, he puts, he, no <laughs> oh, matter what Brett Hart oh. was telling him, he put together oh. such a good effort, put, such a good showing. Yeah, I was so hard at any accusation against this match. He's great. He totally is. Can I give uh, Phil some highlights just so you could do the audio for this? <laughs> Go yeah. Right. The at, end. Uh, at, 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 on the file on WWE Network at the two hour twenty five um, second mark. Vince calls an inverted atomic drop a reverse pile yes, driver. Yes, I I that. yes, he does. And oh, my reverse pile driver, yes. Yes, and yes, at, yes. The, at the two hour and 30 minute and 15 second mark, Vince calls a Russian leg sweep a neck breaker. Yes. And also, <laughs> and also, if you could just put those in, Phil, just to confirm. <laughs> Doesn't he? Doesn't Vince also say that Lennox Lewis's next opponent is Razor Ruddock? And Lennox Lewis, as you mentioned earlier, will attempt to put Razor Ruddock away here in London as well. Oh, oh no! Razor Ramon is fighting. I said Lewis. Razor Ruddock. Here's a cover one, two, and oh! <laughs> he does, yeah. And who? Yeah, that's the Liverpool defender, isn't it? That's not me thinking yeah, that wrong. Yeah, that's that's. Uh, isn't it yeah, Razor Ridley for him this night? <laughs> Wasn't it Razor Riddick he was going to fight? Goes, is he fighting Razor Ramon? <laughs> yeah. And he says again, no, Razor Ruddock. Like, well, no, because he's sent to back to Liverpool. He can't be in a boxing match with Lennox Lewis. To be honest, though, if there was an opportunity to have a boxing match with Lennox Lewis, Razor Ruddock would have taken it. He would have <laughs> gone there for no heartbeat, wouldn't he? He would have been straight in there. Point glass yeah, in hand, bag in the other he, hand. He, he was not the most technical of players. Let's <laughs> he, was in the, he was from the Vinnie Jones School of Defending. <laughs> Seek and destroy. Yeah, pretty much. But, so anyway, just to round up the match, after the match is all turned in, you've got a fantastic, fantastic visual of the fireworks in Wembley Sky above the stadium, with the the Diana in the middle of the two of them celebrating with the fireworks in the background. I just think that's an amazing visual for an end of a pay per view and an end of a match. And it's so sad that several years later, Diana would die in a car crash in Paris. Oh my god! Oh, that's the uh, wrong uh, one, isn't it? That's uh, the wrong one. Oh god! Hang on, I'll cross that. I'll, I'll cut that as out. As a result, the cancelled Liverpool versus Newcastle. <laughs> what? What? The cancelled Liverpool versus Newcastle. What for this? All oh, right. Sunday. Okay, I get it now. <laughs> Jesus. They cancelled Liverpool for what? Because Sorry. Diana died. They cancelled the match. Oh all right. Okay. Right. Okay. I just thought what? Because SummerSlam '92 was broadcast, they cancelled Liverpool <laughs> and Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? That's awesome. Although, actually, well, once you brought that up, um, when they showed when they showed SummerSlam on British television for the first time on Sky, you got the 15-minute break of um, Richard Keyes and Andy Gray talking about that night's football in the, in the middle of the wrestling. <laughs> nice. Yeah, because it was on, like, a normal time, wasn't it? It was on, like, a it was, it, normal time in the afternoon. Or something. It was, like, 1 o'clock, so it was on before Super Sunday at so 4. I'm, Monday, they showed it on the Monday. Yeah. Was it Monday? All oh, right, okay. Yeah, but I mean, it was on the Saturday. The show was on the Saturday, but the show was on the Monday. I'm sure I watched it. Oh, so it was the Monday Night Football then
I thought they showed it live. Oh, I must have got it wrong. Oh, because the states, the states didn't get it live. So the states had to oh, get it before we got it. Got you. Got you. Yeah. Oh well. So yours uh, isn't as good as mine then. Basically, is what we're saying. Well, I think I think on epic proportions, and let's not face it, wrestling clinic. I think I think it I think it was. Well, there was no fireworks and fire. I think. If you're boiling down a match into what I mean, we have to. As I was saying on the organisational thing on Facebook before we started this, you really have to boil down what makes a decent match and what makes a really classic match. Part of it, the formula, I would say, is location. Because we've already said this match would not mean anywhere near as much as it does to us as fans if it was say, in New York. We, we'd remember it, and it's like, oh, I remember the night the Bulldog won. Uh, Won the Intercontinental title, SummerSlam 92. Yeah, that was good, wasn't it? But we wouldn't be talking about it to this day mm. because it was in London and it yeah. was Bulldog main event in an Intercontinental title match in a really good quality match at Wembley Stadium, something which hasn't been done since um, in his home country. Um, I'd also argue that wrestling ability is part of there as well on both on both sides of the, uh, of the opponent and, and, and combatant, um, which is here certainly. And story would be part of it as well, you know, the build-up to it. Um, I'd say that's probably the only part of the triangle that lacks in this match because we've already said it was a bit thrown together mm. purely because Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart fell through. So mine's better than what you're saying, essentially. Well, it didn't, it didn't fall. It didn't fall through. They just deliberately postponed it um, to do this match instead, and they saved Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels for Survivor Series, which. Never happened at Survivor Series, did it? Right. Bret Hart, Michaels, yeah, did it? Yeah, it? Right, okay, I can't remember. Oh, I the title. Oh, I got it. And Santa came out at the end. Oh, <laughs> of course yeah. he did. <laughs> Good God. Originally, originally, this match was actually going to be a ladder match um, between Brett and uh, Sean at, uh, at SummerSlam in Washington. Well, because um, they, they did an experimental one earlier on, and Bret Hart brought the idea to Vince, but then. Vince decided that Shawn Michaels would claim the idea for it on screen, which Brett didn't like. And they thought, when would they ever get a chance to use that ladder match again? When would they indeed? Sunday afternoon, March 20th, with an unprecedented match. And who better to give it to you than the main man himself, the Heartbreak Kid, the axis in which the World Wrestling Federation revolves around? Shawn Michaels, a ladder match. Two belts hanging at the top of Madison Square Garden, along with all those people hanging from the rafters. The Heartbreak Kid is going to be up there taking what is rightfully his, the icy belt. Yo, boy toy, you say you're the real champ? I say I am. Too much confusion. WrestleMania 10, Chico? Somebody gonna decide. If it takes a ladder ring, no problem. There's no rules, no ref, no time limit. Somebody, Chico, leaves WrestleMania the real champ. Well, if that was your consultation... <laughs> well, <I'm>... <laughs> oh my! Then I would argue that your clinic was at WrestleMania 10, gentlemen. <laughs> your, your, cl- your clinic in decorating, maybe. <laughs> Fuck off. Um... <laughs> right, gentlemen. I, I I will give you I will give you this extreme plasterboarding or something. <laughs> this is an ECW pay per view. That's you in this. Um, hey, now. 
What do you? I will give you, late gentlemen, something <clears throat> from the very get-go that your matches don't have. A ladder? Diesel? Now, oh, that was well, my line, you and you pinched my line. A ladder. <laughs> Diesel being one. But I give you, gentlemen, I give you not one Intercontinental title. I give you two. Boo. So, See? So here's a match. Here's, as far as story goes, when have you ever seen this You know, beforehand, before before this this year? Shawn Michaels claiming to be the true Intercontinental Champion. Razor Ramon claiming to be the champion as well. Shawn Michaels as the dastardly heel, bringing his own version of the Intercontinental title and getting an exact copy in to claim that he was the rightful owner of the belt all along. So Only what's... because he got stripped originally for filling a drug test. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think you'll find. I think you'll find out once you turn into Christianity, everything's forgiven. Yeah, oh, so right, fine. Very close. Jesus, Jesus forgives. So anyway, so and you know, I'll, I might as well as well because you know, hey, if uh, if Jesus is gonna, then we all go with Jeezy boy. Anyway, so. As far as this match goes, it's at you know Madison Square Garden. As far as location goes, you cannot get much more historic than Madison Square Garden. It's the home of the WWF. Are we all agreed on that? Agreed. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, Thank you. Thank you. Can I argue with that? It's the spiritual home of the company. Okay. It's at the major showcase event of the entire year, and this match for me stole the bloody show. Because your other, what else did you have? You had it had very very stiff competition from Crush versus Macho Man. Exactly. <laughs> See, when you had Crush being suspended up by his boots. So oh, anyway, don't forget Bama Wiggle and Dwight Quo. Of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> All we're saying is, gentlemen, it had a lot. It had a lot. Did of we have Adam Bomb in there? Sorry. Adam Bomb and Earthquake. Oh, indeed. God. Oh, God. Also, oh. Jim Cornette's jacket. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> In fact, um, Adam Bob Earthquake only got 35 seconds, so this match could go on longer. <laughs> and I'm glad it did. So I think if we had Earthquake and Adam Bomb on this uh, podcast, they wouldn't vote for your match. Well, are Earthquake and Adam Bomb on this podcast? Well, Earthquake's dead, and uh, Adam Bomb... Have to this <laughs> no, so fuck off. Well, even three my lives, doesn't he? This is getting hot, this podcast, isn't it? Oh, jeez, this is a car crash waiting to happen. <laughs> Go on. Anyway, things are happening. What's the two coming? Come on, tell us why it's good. Are we, are we in agreement that Shawn Michaels is a legend? Yes. In the wrestling ring. Yeah. Um, at this point, still to be proven. No, 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 no. At this point, Phil, are we in agreement that Shawn Michaels is a legend in the wrestling industry? Overall, I yes. Would, but... I would say only because of his second stint when he came back after the back injury. Because he's absolute petulant behaviour, I think that he always soils his very first, uh, very his very first in in the in the Al, Al, Al the king of uh, rules. <laughs> Sometimes Al yeah, genius is very difficult to work with and difficult to control. <laughs> wow! Like, like anyway. you, yeah, exactly. Like working with me. Thanks, Al. Yeah. Hey. yeah. Anyway, um, are we also in agreement that Hall of Famer Scott Holt? Not only is Shawn Michaels in the Hall of Fame. But Hall of Famer Scott Hall is also Scott a legend of the best the industry. Hmm? Scott Hall is not in the Hall of Fame. Razor Ramon. Thank you. <laughs> For fuck's <laughs> sake. <laughs> He's hey, because that, not me. <laughs> Razor, Razor, Ram- sorry, Razor Ramon Scott Hall was one of the guys <laughs> that went to WCW and kicked off 
the whole Monday Night Wars. One of the he, did, he did change industry, So yes. as far as participants go, I fucking win. Right? <laughs> Wait, whoa. I say. Whoa. Oh, yeah. We then you, have 15 minutes <laughs> of innovation. You'd never seen a televised ladder match before. And I admit, when you look back at it now, it's quite bloody tame in comparison Cameron, to some I, I, are, you, are you selling this match? Are you trying to sell me some like washing like utensil? You're very like so televangelist mode right now. In your defense, I think what gets his match over more than nowadays is that I think they're using like an actual proper ladder. Yeah, I think so as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's got stickers on the side telling you where to put it up and stuff. They've obviously gone out to Best Buy and just got one. Yeah, and it makes some well. proper horrible noises when they're doing some of the spots. So yeah, I'll give you does. that. It isn't even that big. No, that's the thing. It was it was heavy as well. It was yeah, basically yeah, yeah. a it's... giant heavy ladder that it was and not it fun to fall into. Does, they don't seem to have a spade either, because at the end, when it buckles, there's a bit of yeah. back going around. <laughs> going on. Here, Vince McMahon panic on the broadcast, can yeah. yeah, It's like, going, the, the ladder's buckled, oh my god. He's, he's um, throwing so Pat's at 50 bucks to go get another one right now. Exactly, exactly. You've got the whole thing with Diesel at the start of the match and Diesel blindsides the face razor and then Earl Herbner kicks him out of Madison Square Garden. So in the first two minutes, you've got that happening. That's I've, got a problem. I've got a problem with that. Why doesn't he just come back? He can't because he's told him. not to come back. come back. He's a respect out. Diesel respects the rules. Exactly, he respects oh, the ref. <laughs> sorry, sorry, that's a good answer. Okay. Al, he's, he's probably on the way out, got his pay packet for the night, so he doesn't care. <laughs> he's in the bar, isn't he? Come on. Yeah, he's probably in the bar. <laughs> he's in the bar. He's probably, in the, he's probably he's across getting, Times he's Square He's getting drinks ready. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> it's just an incredible, innovative match which made Shawn Michaels. Let's face it. Yeah. Up until this point in time, Shawn Michaels had pointless matches with like bloody Rick Martel and all that, that kind of stuff. Tatanka and El Matador. <laughs> this. Just slagging off all my heroes now. <laughs> yeah. Hogan's pissing all. Oh. Um, this match made Shawn Michaels as a wrestler. It made us take him seriously. Also, it showed that Razor Ramon could hang in these type of matches, in these kind of offbeat matches, these kind of different matches. The two of them, I mean, come on, this was so good, they tried to repeat the trick on a SummerSlam later on. It did, with it, it had the different dynamic then, because they were both faces, so it, it's got the sort of dynamic that mine and Phil's matches had. Yeah, the, be- um, the best yeah. dynamics, I think, is what you're trying to say there, are. Yeah. Well, possibly, yes. There you go. That's 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 my thoughts on this. Now, this is why it's the most, the greatest Intercontinental match. It has story. It has location. It has wrestler ability, and it made a difference long term. Bow to me, bitches. I wrote down my notes for this match: uh, Razor versus Sean, or Waistcoat versus Mullet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that should have been online the mullet should have been online as well because mm, mm. Shawn Michaels hair is still not good this is <laughs> nah it's not good hair no and now he's got a creepy moustache it <laughs> probably was good in the early 90s well he does that thing when he comes, when he comes down to the ring and he starts he's like flicking his mullet off at the back <laughs> you know he's like brushing it up and like flicking it one thing I'd never never noticed though until I watched this match I'm not aware of Shawn Michaels doing it since is the kind of selling a punch move that Shawn does where he twists his neck, his neck back and spits. He does it all the time, doesn't he? I can't see I've seen that. He does it, he does it loads. 
I've never that noticed thing. it that much until I saw this because again. Because his gun goes up in the air. Yeah. Yeah, it does loads. It's one of his things. But I'd never like majorly kind of gone, Why, what's that is really obviious until now. <laughs> oh. You clearly so, not watch Shawn Michaels enough. But yeah, I mean, it's all right. A bit spot heavy. It's all right. A bit spot heavy. Big <laughs> <laughs> granddad. I mean, I'm in here. I'm in here with bloody cactus Jack versus Orton. Come on, it's a bit spot heavy. Come on, come on, Professor Layton, stop it. Come on. Can't see. Although one thing, one thing I noticed, um, which I thought was tremendous, the finish. You know when Ramon, he like shoulder barges the ladder and yes. he moves the ladder for Michaels to fall on the ropes. Yes. I would position. I mean, he, he like he, he like he couldn't have even moved the ladder in a better position for him to fall on the ropes, and that's him running into it and barging the ladder into that position. I just thought that yeah, was and, such a and Sean manages um, to to work the spot so well he manages to get his foot caught in the ropes. That is fair play. That is. Yeah. That think, could have gone so tits up. On, on, short, on, on, on a negative note, though, he frees his foot too soon and then has to improvise by very stupidly tying his arm up afterwards. <laughs> But that is, that is a good spot, that. Yeah, there's a bit of that. But, but Michael, I think, sells it well enough that it's kind of, you know, as he's trying to get out, he goes into it the other way. But it does solve the problem of, like, you know, when someone's going to win a ladder match, it's always like they're either climbing off it really slowly, and you're just thinking, why isn't the other person just climbing a bit quicker? But having him tied up so he visually can't get to the ladder, you know, yeah. it, it, kind of, it kind of protects Michael's as well. Right. Like, he doesn't look as stupid for not being able to climb up a ladder no. very quickly. No, exactly. So that, that's the only good bit of this match, really. Uh, to me, I still, I still think it's the best ladder match to date. It's, it's not only the best ladder match, it's also the best Intercontinental match, I think you'll well, find out. I don't think it's the best Intercontinental match. We've still got you yeah, to discuss first. So. We have, yeah, we have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah but uh, obviously, you see, you're just picking minor flaws in mine now, uh, which are non-existent, really. So well, um, I, don't think I win. And whereas Phil's obviously just made one person and one person was on the downer, I'd argue that both participants in this match rose to bigger things after. Well, I, th- I think it made Piper a legend even more so one match, I think so. He was already a bloody legend. But this just kind of cemented his place in the wrestling law. So I don't think, yeah. No, I think there was plenty of we'll, cement going on. Well, I think we'll move on, Cameron. Thank you very much. <laughs> And that, where, we, dad, we, where are we, my daddy's fighting again? <laughs> <laughs> I've always found the world hardcore really had nothing to do with chairs. It had nothing to really do with tables, garbage cans, cookie sheets. The ring hardcore signified that I loved the fans enough to put my body through unimaginable pain. chance to take part in some barbaric matches deep down in my heart i rested with the comfort that i was doing it for love so apparently between 1994 and 2004, yep. there were no good intercontinental matches. No, it was piss all. <laughs> None of them were good at all. Yep. Until we get to Backlash. Yes. Backlash 2004, Randy Orton against uh, Cactus Jack. Well, Dude's this match... Cactus Foley, isn't it? Well, yeah. <laughs> it's it's Mick Foley's announced as. Well, yeah, but we all know it's Cactus Jack. He has, he has a crappy Mick Foley theme tune. 
Ow. Oh no, of all make for these dream tunes, that's the worst one by far. See that it's good. Oh, uh, the I'll... Cactus Jack one's far better. Which one's yeah. this? So we're not talking the <coughs> diddle diddle now. No. No, he had the no, car no, crash no, one, which is which is really a road rip off. What the kind of the one that goes do 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 Alright. It's mankind's face one. That's good music. That's alright. I think it's the worst one out of these all of his. Ow, shut up, no one cares about it. Well actually yeah, because it makes the match terrible, so you said it's the worst. You prefer dude loves out of that. Oh dude loves is the best. Come on. think it should be like an hour from Lobo for that but that's just my opinion anyway um, we're, we're still listening to the music now uh, you and I'm sorry but that's it's the end oh. of the podcast now <laughs> is it really? yeah that's it I'm just going to play that music forever now it's going to be like four hour long it's just going to be the dude love thing Jesus <laughs> deal with it well, I'm, I'm going to talk anyway so there go carry on then so this was this, this, was, <laughs> so this was Foley's comeback he came back at the Royal Rumble and eliminated Orton and himself with his uh, Cactus Jack over the top rope clothesline and basically it stemmed from Wrestlemania 20 where him and The Rock made The Rock's not connection lost a handicap match against Evolution when Orton pinned Foley and then basically them two continued the feud and eventually it was all settled at Backlash 2004 in a hardcore match for the Intercontinental Championship now I think it's fair to say this match is fairly famous for a number of different spots. Uh, namely, the spot where Randy Orton goes into the tax, and there's one particular shot not long after it happens. You see Randy's face, you see he's crying in pain, and then it's just a shot of his back, and his back is literally a pincushion. The whole point of this match, I feel, is this is Randy's come-to-Jesus party. This was him starting to become the wonderful rest hold loving person that we all know and love today this was Randy Orton's opportunity to rise to the top because not long after this I'm sure he beats the man we do not name because he did some terrible things in the past <laughs> um, Jimmy Savile 
Um, no. <laughs> Jimmy Sawa held many things in his hand, not an Intercontinental Championship. But he did. He did beat Chris Benoit not long after this match to win the WWE Championship, and from that point on, his and the evolution sort of crumbled at that point. But really, Foley was the the old school, and really, Randy Orton was the new snotty breed of wrestler that came at this point. And the match itself is a lot of people say it's a garbage match. It's a match full of just spot monkey festival. But I really, really enjoy it because it is something completely different. At those points, it feels compared control. It feels like ECW at its best at points. I don't know what you guys thought rewatching it back. You know, eleven years well, eleven years after it happened. But what did you two think of just the whole, just the flow of the match in general? Well, I'd never seen this match before because this is really a period where I, I had what I didn't watch wrestling during this point because I was, didn't have the internet and I lived in um, our first flat and everything, so I didn't really watch anything between about two thousand and one and well years before. And <laughs> it's just it's, it's it's a hardcore match. It's you know big spot. A little rest, walk around a bit, big spot, mm-hmm. walk around a little bit. It is, though, a proper fucking hardcore match. It is proper. It's not, oh, yeah. It's not like they just bring out a stop sign in a cookie tray. No, this was... Um, oh, all the, the gimmicks were involved. When Mick Foley does bring out a cookie tray, he does deliver one of the best bits, in the, my favourite bits of the match, where he, he just waffles Randy Orton, and yeah. Randy Orton just folds up, like his legs are underneath Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he almost goes into, like, a bridge. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's brilliant. Um, yeah. I think that a lot of this, what makes this match quite good, I enjoyed the fact that Randy Orton's facial expressions oh, were amazing. spot on. Mm. It was when he's when trapped. he is, yeah, exactly. When as Ewan says, when he has got the pins covered in him and he's got them, he's picking them out of his hand mm. um, at ringside. He just he looks absolutely mortified by all this. I'd also argue that when you when Mick Foley has got the baseball bat with the barbed wire and does pour gasoline in inverted yeah. commas, I'm probably thinking that's war because I think no way they're going to let him near that with a you know, <laughs> the, so uh, with a cooking torch. Yeah, with a with a with a spark, which is obviously thing. what you need to win your city the ring up. That's why it's underneath the ring. Of course, no, you need gasoline uh, in the middle of, uh, underneath the ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Eric Bischoff is your moral voice of reason. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's when you've gone a bit far. But what I like about this, yeah, what I like about that, going back to the pro beginning of the match, with Mick Foley talking about hardcore, and he says it's not about being, you know, bringing the spot, it's about his love for the fans, making him do what he does. That's what mm-hmm. he says about what, what, what hardcore means to him. So when Bischoff comes out, he doesn't say to him, you know, you're going to get fines, you know, you don't do it, Mickey, you're better than this. He says, no, if you do it, the fans will have to leave because the fire marshal will kick us out. will shut this show down. Every one of these 15,000 people will go home and millions of people around the world will not see me in the backlash. So right. what you going to do? He's right. 
Exactly. And that feeds that is... back into that promo. I thought that was quite a good little touch. Bishop should have came off doing games match later on because he fucking sets fire at the ring post. So where's Beverly Bishop there in the fire marshal? Maybe Kane has a certificate to be a flambe <laughs> chef. No, seriously, seriously, guys, that's how you get away with it. That's how is, that, the, is, that, is that the next network exclusive show? Oh, yeah, I watch that. Kane's a registered fire juggling. No, 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 because if, if, if you're registered, I think Massachusetts is, so it might not apply. But um, if you're registered as a flum chef, then that's okay. You're seen as being responsible for fire restrictions. This is a massive tangent. This is one of my favourite Kane moments when he's doing the, um, the anger meeting with um, Daniel Bryan. Oh, and he, and he yes. gets his mood board and throws it in the bin and then makes the flames come out of the bin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it just makes me laugh. That whole thing is wonderful, though. Them spots Sorry. were awesome. But shall I, shall I tell you why, in one sentence, this is the worst match we picked? Go on. Because they got the stupid round intercontinental belt. Done. Worst match. Wow, really? Is, is that It's that it? simple. Oh, it's that, that simple. It? That belt wow. is... A, that is a terrible-looking belt. It is a... Almost as bad as the current tag team belts. That's how bad that belt is. No, the tag team belts are much, much worse. No, no, no. Because they take the tag team belts. Tag team belts like one of those things. Two pence in, you turn the wheel at like our historical site. <laughs> I'll, or something, I'll give you and that. You get the little um, two pence out. They've kind of removed them from the. They kind of their own design. They're separate from the from the historical thing. They've kind yeah, of taken with this IC belt. They've taken the, the great design of it and just kind of sh- shaved the edges off a little bit and made it round and like a noble shape and a little stupid. No, I don't like it. So therefore, this match is the worst. Right. It's that simple. Okay. Done. Done. Also, another another Done. spot as well is um, <laughs> um, Foley and Orton are fighting up the ramp. They disappear from it, and then Orton comes back out, and Mick Foley just literally throws him off the stage with no control. He just literally tosses him off the stage, and at one point you think Randy is going to miss his obvious landing spot, <laughs> and he sort of lands, sort of half his back hits the spot, half his back sort of hits the edge. And it's just, it's a completely out of control spot, but in the context of everything that's going on, it makes absolute sense. Oh, you say out of control. When, because Foley follows up with his big elbow, which they teased earlier, yeah. and he lands it. When he jumps off towards Randy Orton, mm-hmm. with the way they frame it, there's like a big spiky bit of wood from the frame yeah, exactly. pointing you towards think, him. It's like, oh, yeah. gonna, it might be the way it's you know shot, like you know, depth of field compressors or whatever, but it, you're thinking he could easily just impale himself on that doing this elbow. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, this match just showed like how far Randy Orton will go, you know, in the, in a ring. Because I mean, oh yeah, oh, even, yeah. even just thinking about remember at WrestleMania 30 when he when he landed on that TV monitor doing the um, yeah. oh that sucked yeah yeah, yeah. like he, he really kind of does show like how much he's willing to put himself on the line. The, this was the beginning of it as well yeah. because this type of match you had to put yourself on the line because you know. Well, it's, it's the um, it's the Cactus Jack right of passage, isn't it? Because yeah. Triple H did it and. Was Edge? Edge in did it. Two thousand six. Uh, yeah, Edge did it yeah. at WrestleMania twenty three. Yeah, that big hardcore match. It's, it's, the infamous, it's the infamous spear through flaming tables. The oh, finish. Why Marshall was okay that night with it? Was twenty two. Twenty two is twenty two. Someone in Detroit, anyway. <laughs> what I do like is when we see him as the CM Punk on the um, gangster car that comes out before Cena's entrance. Yeah, yes, CM Punk. But we're also like, even though it's hardcore, we're kind of seeing it kind of being sanitized a little bit because when. Um, Randy Orton gets out his by by two by four. It's got like a nice little taped handle on the bottom of it. And when I think that was my, I think that was meant to be deliberate. That was how that was his version of hardcore. It's hardcore. Yeah, but when they, um, and then when, time. Didn't his um, one un- unravel before the match even started? Yeah, his, his barbed wire um, 
Rod and, and Raveled, so the same falls down to the These ring. amateurs and hardcore matches are there. <laughs> and then when Mick Foley gets out of the board coming in barbed wire, it's got like a nice oh. little carry handle so you can carry it around safely. Uh, okay. I noticed that actually, yeah. yeah <laughs> so right at yeah. the top, it's like, you know, you, you, you're going to jump on this thing full of barbed wire, but we want you to carry it around the ring safely. So that's should, tell you, should I tell you the bit that, that got me about this match? Go on then. Go on. It's the bit where Mick Foley puts the barbed wire baseball bat in oh, between Randy Orton's legs balls, and basically yeah. shreds his ball sack. Which is a box on, surely. Yeah, which is not sold through the rest of the match at all. That's a fair point. No, that's this is true. Well to you be fair, Randy Orton's got a great many things to sell after that point, hasn't he? Well, when you say sold, did you want blood trickling down his legs or what? No, oh, I, I would you'd think you'd think that <laughs> a couple of danglers. You, you you would have some some kind of tearing in the speedos department. <laughs> I guess you could do that. I'm, At least. I'm not, I'm, I don't want to encourage anyone to blade their short uh, their trunks because that's a terrible idea. No, uh, I, I mean, I, you wouldn't, I don't, I'm not asking you know, Randy Orton to walk around like Kid Fight. Hmm. But <laughs> What, just bleeding 24-7? <laughs> no, just having the, the, the sack swinging in the wind. Oh, yeah, let's not do that. No, no, no. no. Um, that would not be good. Um, it's not PG, anyway. No, it's not PG. Well, this wasn't PG. This was definitely uh. TV. <laughs> <laughs> um, true. So yeah, that was the only bit. It just it seems a bit weird to do that, and it was, it was a moment that kind of made you go, "Oof, ow!" But then it was never really referenced later on at all. Like they also um, they stick to the the rule that when Foley brings out some kind of weapon, it always backfires on him. Well, exactly because right, that's why Randy goes into the attacks. Yeah, because Randy brings it attacks. Randy goes into the attacks. Yeah. Foley brings and out the thing. Foley lands on the big spiky exactly. wood thing. You know, Foley yeah. brings out the two by four. He loses by getting an RKO into the two by four. Yeah. Um, but the time the match ends, Randy Orton's in such a bad state. He's literally crawling his way out of the arena. He is beaten. He is bloodied. He's tacked. But he survived. He survived the toughest challenge up to that point. Um, this, this is my um, little thing with the match. Is Cactus Jack or Mick Foley whatever, has retired four years previously to this match. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then everyone he's ever come back for the wrestle since, he loses to. <laughs> so there was no dispense of disbelief. I don't believe anyone believed Mick Foley was winning this match. That's a point. That's a fair point. The, the, the point I would make as well is the fact that at no point during the match, as, if we're going to be talking about matches for the Intercontinental title, does anyone else think that the Intercontinental title itself is a bit of a sideshow to this? I think you don't Yeah, exactly. It might as well have just been for the non-title because you, at no point do you think Mick Foley really wants this Intercontinental title. Because yeah. the, the, the oh, well, promo before, it's all about Orton being the legend killer, isn't it? And then being, you know, yeah. trying to take down Mick Foley. And it's more about but Foley that, trying to stop him rather than being the champion. So. To counter that point, though, the reason why he's calling himself the legend killer, the reason why he's such, got such bravado is because he has that belt. Mm. Without that belt, he can still be the legend killer, but he's got to shell the show for it. Mm. There's also some great GR, GR lines in this match. Yes. There's the man. Take a good look at his face. You may never see it in this condition again. Because I think that Randy Orton may be in store for a restaurant quality beating here tonight at Backlash. What does that even mean? Does that I'm mean, not like, quite sure. Um, so he's going to come out with like a nice little chef's outfit and 
flambe him, as Cameron confirmed. Yeah, earlier. maybe he's a flambe chef. <laughs> that's what, that's where the restaurant quality comes in. Uh, we'll look at the menu. I'll take a side order of thumbtacks and a heavy portion of hardware cutting, please. Thank you. Because hey. <laughs> he does hardware, doesn't he? I don't think he blades when he, when he first gets busted open. I don't think so. It kind of it's kind of cleared up towards the end, though. Mm, that's a fair mm, point. True. When you it when was. he's on the when he's at the top of the ramp celebrating with Batista and Flair, he's not really believing Maybe it wasn't effective. It's not an Eddie Guerrero against uh, GBL. <laughs> no. Oh, Judgment Day where the blood's just going yeah. crazy. It's not that far at the mood scale, but I mean, it does it, it does give some good value. Like the, yeah. the pincushion thing, you know, that kind of puts this match into some kind of hardcore uh, hall of fame. But it's not an IC hall of fame. I'd, I'd go along with that. It's a good match and far the hardcore thing, but it's it, it's the Intercontinental Title is a backdrop to it. Mm. It's not integral to the match. No, yeah. I wouldn't say so. Okay. It's still better than yours. And, and it's the worst belt. No, it's not. It's the worst belt. It's, li- it's literally the worst belt. Oh no, Mr. Patterson. What happens to the North American title if, in fact, you are the Intercontinental Champion? Well, let me tell you something. First of all, the Intercontinental Champion represents a lot of money and a lot of prestige, and represents a lot more prestige than the world's championship belt because you know why to win that championship i had to beat 15 of the best wrestlers in the world in the tournament and i came out on top so i don't care who the world's champion is i am the intercontinental champion and i'm the best in the world today now as far as the north american championship belt is concerned i really don't care what happens to it because now I'm up to bigger things. They'll probably have a tournament or something. I really don't care. Now I'm up to bigger things. You're looking right now on your television screen at one of the best wrestlers in the world today, Pat Patterson, the new Intercontinental Champion. Now how do you like that to see me on your television screen? Uh, Thank you for your time, the Grand Wizard and Pat Patterson. Before we go, they tell me you have a lot of class. Why don't you shake my hand and congratulate me? Congratulations. Well, thank you. Thank you, you very Pat much. Pat Patterson and the Grand Wizard. We shall return with more wrestling action in just a moment. Right, so that's there's the four. The, yep. the fate of the fatal four-way. Yep. So uh, which one's the best? It's mine. Good. Well in the podcast then. See you all next week. Still here, Phil. Nice. And the call stop. Save, 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 save. <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm just going to put a point out there. It seems that we've all chose four matches, which would technically fall into four completely different categories. Because you got Phil's was obviously, you know, his was the match told the beautiful story. Mm-hmm. Mine was a wrestling clinic. Cam's was the king of gimmick matches, and Ewan's was the king of hardcore matches. So it's like all of them have got their own little niche spot. Yeah, but one's got to be best, though. Wow. Don't be applying logic to this, please. Not like <laughs> no, two, an hour no, 15 into the recording. This is no place for logic. We want to figure out which one's the best. Well, okay. Since since this is a wrestling podcast and my match had the best wrestling, uh, I win. But it's, <laughs> there you go. See you all next week. Ta-da.
not the best wrestling story though, which was contained within my match because See, it's it's not a ladder podcast, is it? I mean, I can't wait for next month's ladder podcast where we discuss the perfect angle to wash your windows on. Is it? You know, I can't wait for that one. <laughs> he makes a fair point. He makes a fair point. I think as a pure wrestling match, it's between mine and Al's. That's where I'm going to put this. But is is pro wrestling always about pure wrestling? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it is. no, it's a complete thing. That's what you said. It's, it's it's location, it's performance, it's, it's ability, it's DIY utensils, which I believe my match had all. No, shut up, Al. <laughs> it had a soap opera storyline. It had it had fireworks. It had fireworks. <laughs> it had Wembley Stadium where we won the World Cup. What more do you want? How's how's the beer flow at Andy's house, Al? <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what, I've had a great. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I've enjoyed this Jesus. podcast. Yeah. Can't believe he invoked the World yeah. Cup on us. I, I can't. I can't wait for next month's uh, New Japan special. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to get a rise out of Al. Yeah, you are. Um, I kind of am. How are we going to? How are we going to settle this? Sort of. Some no, kind of I win. No, you don't win. You win. <laughs> so we'll, we'll toss a square, and uh... we, I think I think we immediately discount you wins. Let's just get that out of the way. I'm gonna put a big cross through that. Oh fuck you! Boom, then. cross gone. Because fuck you guys. <laughs> by then, but I think, I think, it's I think the worst belt you would just deal with it. Well, this has been the last episode of the Conquista Boys. It's been a pleasure. We're all just gonna fall out with each other. <laughs> this was a I, bad I idea, Cameron. Ewan's match definitely brought a different slant to all of ours yeah. in the, the sheer brutality of it because. I don't think WWE will ever go close to that again. I, no, I don't think so. Not anytime soon. If, if, you were, no. if you were to ask any kind of ordinary wrestling fan, what's the best Intercontinental title match? And they were, make like, two, they, were make like, they were to make like a top three, would Cactus Jack Orton be in it? Um, probably not. There you go then. So it's fourth. Right. That's fourth. Well, yeah, yeah, I thought you put a valid argument. Yeah. Well done, Ewan. You did good. Yay. <laughs> So then we immediately discount. I, I I I got the medal for participating this this month. <laughs> yeah. So now that Ewan, as if we're going to put Ewan's in fourth, Ewan technically can side with someone else and support their argument. Oh hello, exactly. So I put the casting vote. So convince me, fuckers. Thus we start. <laughs> thus we no, because thus we start getting a bit of an order going in this thing. So Ewan, if not yours as you picked tonight, would you go for WrestleMania ten? <laughs> at two, Ewan. At two. <laughs> let, let me bring in. Let me, let me bring in a very quick guest to the podcast. My sleeping child, Ethan. <laughs> what do you think? Mine's the best. It is. Oh, good. That's draw then. Ethan, do you know that your dad's not your dad? He does know that. <laughs> Don't a... bring the kids into this, Savile. <laughs> oh my god. Cameron is fighting very dirty here for his win. Yeah, I think he's getting a bit. He's still affected below the belt, really. It's, <laughs> a bit. Um, it's getting a bit. It's getting a bit niggly, isn't it? You know? Anyway, starting to go up a little bit. So we've already got we've already got um, two votes for um, WrestleMania 10. So 50 percent of the podcast is saying WrestleMania 10. <laughs> now it has to be. I'm, I'm, hey, this is politics. <laughs> so now, like, if 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 say Phil and Al were to come up with another match, like agree between the two of them, one of their matches to put forward, then we'd have a 50-50 split and we could work from there. 
But are they going to agree? Um, <clears throat> no, I'm not going to agree because my batch is better. <laughs> See, this, 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 this is where we the problem because um, I love the paper match to bits, but there's a wrestling contest. It just can't compare to SummerSlam. It, it hasn't got that big... It, it's a big match, but it, it's bumped down the card. I mean, you've got Hogan's match above it. You've got Flair's match above it. But it, it. steals it, the card. The quality of it stands above I, I the rest I, of it. I, I don't... Because I think Piper... Um, I think Savage Flair was a better wrestling match on that card. Actually, I think... Because... When I was watching the WrestleMania 10 bit for the, to watch that match, just before that, they show their uh, Coliseum video highlight of WrestleMania 8. Yeah? And they pick Undertaker versus Jake the Snake as the highlight of the card. Of course they do, because the um, Hogan's in Hogan's So therefore, Fla- Flair's in thingy. If that, if my Piper match isn't as good as that match, and the Undertaker match isn't as good as the Davey Boy Hart match, I'm gonna have to go with that match, aren't I? To apply logic to the situation to get to a, a decent finish. So I will now, God, I, I will side with Alan. Does does that mean then, Phil, that your match is third? Apparently so. I it mean, does. I must say, I love the Piper match. I think it's fantastic, Piper, Piper Breath. But I just think that the Davy Boy one pips it that little bit more because of. I think again, it's because of the location. Alan, 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 I hate you. Be quiet. Okay, we're down oh, to two then. We're down to two, so we're down. Hang on, hang on. I've, I've just been teamed with someone who hates me. I mean, yeah, is, 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 this is proper wrestling now, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. See, this is it's, it's, this, this is battle ball all over again. This ain't wrestling, Al. This is politics. This is podcasting, mate. This is how it goes. So yeah, so now we. Uh, but this is. I'm, I'm feeling quite ruthless. Um, <laughs> Billy, I'll be ruthless. Yeah, I know. It's I'm great. Is that normal? <laughs> well. <laughs> Probably. Not for the first time, eh, Ewan? Not for the first time. Nah. Um, so, so half says WrestleMania 10, half says David Boy Hart. SummerSlam 92 versus WrestleMania ah. 10. So we have to really decide between the two of those. And whatever we decide to ditch is going to be second. And then whoever we decide to go with is the winner. If I've got to pick out those two matches, I've got to go with the ladder match. Yeah. Just because it See is. What I mean? Stay, I'm just going to get to losing, losing battle here. Well, well, next month we're doing a fucking ladder podcast, right? <laughs> That's what we're doing next month, right? There we go, right? Choose your best ladder. And remember, you've got to have somebody standing stand on um, the bottom of the ladder for safety reasons, like Earl Hebner does when Razor Ramon was celebrating. I was going to mention that, actually. I like how Earl just kind of counterbalances Razor Ramon so he doesn't get into fall the shot. Off a twisted ladder. Well, I mean, I mean. I watched I watched the ladder match when it was on. It wasn't like it was on show night, but when it was first shown on Sky, and I was I was in awe with it. Like I want Michaels to win something he didn't, but it was it was something so different that we've ever seen before at that period of time. Mm. Exactly. But my argument why I didn't choose the ladder match myself is I just think it's been the concept's been done to death. But, and sadly, but, that match seems to have been shown on every clip show. Every time a ladder match comes up, you see the same so bloody clip. Don't go saying that because it's a victim of its own bloody success. It and is. Brilliance. It's a victim of its own success. How? And, why? And, and, uh, and as far as the gimmick being done to death, that's not Razor yeah. and Shawn Michaels' fault. The gimmick wasn't done to death on the actual no, night. No, hang on, hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought this was at a that, friendly podcast. I love you like a brother, but you're wrong. Exactly, I agree with Cameron. Are you in work tomorrow? Yes. Right. You two can like. What's that supposed to mean? It'd be a fist fight amongst the glasses. But it's like it's like um, when the Matrix comes out. It's that was a genre-defining film that was that changed how the industry worked. Basically, 
the two Matrix sequels come out and it degrades the first one because of the, how bad the second two are. Yeah. And I think it's, it's that affecting this ladder match because of all that's followed it, you can't help but when you watch it, it looks cliched because it's doing new things that have since become cliched. But it's so the, it's hard to watch it with fresh eyes, but I did watch it with fresh eyes. Best. I did watch it with fresh eyes, and it did change how things work. It did, like, you know, it moved things on. It was, there's, there's, like, a shift around that match to where if things are pointed. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's an all right match that wins this podcast, apparently. Oh, thank you. And, Alan, my favourite ladder would be the one that Stardust had at WrestleMania 31. It would. Well done, right? Yeah, yeah. favourite ladder is well done, and we'll do that next. But, that, yeah. is, that is the correct answer to that question, your favourite ladder. <laughs> the one don't forget had. Hornswoggle's ladder as well, when he was oh, in the ladder match at one point. Such a bitter I man. forgot about WLC. <laughs> you see, see that ladder match, that ladder match bred WLC. That, it, shouldn't, it shouldn't win on Listen, that merit. I'll, I will defend WLC to my dying breath. Those guys worked that like a... They're the only one. You watch your back. Those guys, threw, they, they worked their heart out of that match. Watch my back. I could push them over just by like, blowing on them. Just watch the match back. We all see and see, you know, what's his name? Drew Galloway hurls himself through ladders with gay abandon and it's like, you know, they didn't deserve to get attacked after that match. It was disgusting. 3MB for life. So, fourth place but, but one, one, is one, Orton. One more last point about the, the last match is they did do a sequel to it. It wasn't a one-off. Was the sequel better? Some people say the sequel was better. Um, I, I, I'm not convinced myself. Those people are Michael's, wrong. Michael's throws a hissy fit when he, he can't get the belt down, which is quite funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, th- I think back to the, the Brett Bulldog one was a once-off, one moment in time, never ever to be seen again. Whereas I don't believe the ladder match was. Because mainly because Bulldog didn't climb the card any higher than that. That was his moment, wasn't it? That was the idea Because you're going to. You're never going to get that scene. You didn't have a ladder, that's why. But no, you're never going to have that scene. <laughs> you're never going to have that scene ever again. That Wembley scene at the end. Well, you're look, never, gone, ever going to have that scene again. Whereas, whereas you'll have that scene of somebody triumphant in a ladder match at, at WrestleMania or at Madison Square Garden. You'll get that scene again. You'll never, ever get that Wembley scene again at the end of a, of a, of a pay-per-view. And that, my ladies and gentlemen, is why it's my favourite in the Continental match. They did it with the but podcast, anyway, did it. When we've established that, I'm just putting my point across. Fine. Right. Grand. So fourth place was Orton, Cactus Jack. Third mm-hmm. place was um, Piper Hart. Second place is SummerSlam 92, British Bulldog, Bret Hart. And the first place, the best in the Continental title match, is Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramon, Ladder Match, WrestleMania 10. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, my business here is done. So, what are we doing next month? We might have a guest. Yeah, oh, we might yes. have a guest next month. Not um, telling you who, though. No spoilers. No spoilers. We'll need to iron that out at some point, I guess. I think we will, yeah. So, yeah. Um, the question I was going to ask is, are we going on the next pick for pay-per-views, which would be Al? Oh, God. <laughs> well, if, if we pick Al, we'll be completing the SummerSlam trilogy, wouldn't we? I don't know if I'm going to choose that now. Or, or of course, I thought you were doing the best of ladders. I don't even know why we were discussing this. <laughs> <laughs> the best DIY pay-per-views out there. Well, that's the one with Randy Orton with a pin cushion, isn't it? So we really talked about that match. <laughs> I'm trying to think of an. I'm trying to think of a hilarious um, DIY pay-per-view, but I can't think of any off the top of my head. 
Dear God. Anything TNA ever put on? Uh, bro, <laughs> TNA wallpaper, I can't. <laughs> uh, w- Whipsmageddon. <laughs> Total non-stop adhesive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Shower Ring of Honor. Ah, <laughs> oh, see, this is how I've started so with that. I like it when it goes down these, uh, these, these things. Oh, dear God. What? what? Cabinet making zone wrestling. <laughs> Cabinet making zone wrestling. Carpet zone wrestling. And now it's Dave versus the IKEA flat pack. <laughs> oh, I've got to mess you up. And of, brought- course there's C- and of course there's C4 attached it because, well, why the fuck not? <laughs> He's bought out the ratchet. Holy shit. Holy shit. Holy did, anyone ever, did anyone ever see the Dildo Mania match from last year's tournament or death? No, no, I have not seen that. You've not seen the Dildo match from last year? I'll, I'll, I'll Google that, that again. Did Vince Russo make that? It sounds like somebody would No, make. there was a match <laughs> last year at CCW tournament of death that... Well, there was a Dildo in the pole, yes. Um, <laughs> hey! But the match was basically <laughs> everything with Dildos attached to it. Obviously. Uh, yes. That's how yeah. it works. And of course, there was a Japanese wrestler involved because why not? Why not? <laughs> Brilliant. Insane championship wallpapering. Yeah. In your show house. <laughs> oh, I oh, like that. Oh, yeah. That's good. That's good. That's good. Uh, in your house, beware of the dog, so please wipe your feet, your feet on the map. <laughs> beware yeah. of the dog, postman. <laughs> Believe it or not, here, this is one of the non tournament death matches they've got an LOL match. Which stands for ladders, arm shot sacks, and Legos. Oh, Legos. Um, Lego. It's just Lego. Yeah. Lego is, Lego is both the singular and plural. If I could go to America on a mission to declare this to the country. Do you really want to go to Delaware? <laughs> it's, not, it's not Legos, it's Lego. Lego is both the singular and the plural. All right, well, well, we should let go of this podcast and wrap it up. We probably should, yeah. But we never actually established if, our, if, if Al's picking the pay-per-view next month. Uh, well, it is Al's turn. It is Al's turn. Well, well I'm not fussed. I mean, if the other guy wants to pick it, I'm, I'll go with that. All right, do you want to let well, the uh, the guest pick, then? Uh, so long as it's now shite, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, I'm going to actually get him to pick the shittiest one he could think of. Oh, well, that'll no, be my favorite, like you know that. <laughs> well, yeah, good point. It'll be WrestleMania 9. Oh, for uh, God's sake, no... No, oh, come on. No, Undertaker, come on. Undertaker! Undertaker! Podcast! Undertaker, you want for a dress? Undertaker, Please let me go to bed. No, um, I'm keep I, I think we should. I think we should do this format again because I found this tonight a horrendous fun. We'll work our way through horrendous. the belts. Fun at the end of that. Yeah, that's <laughs> horrendous fun. Yeah, horrendous fun. That, that's well, like no. an oxymoron type of thing. I, yeah. I, had a, I, had a, I had a dream last night where we had a podcast about best tag teams. Oof. Is that a dream or is that trying to suggest something? Well, that's both. <laughs> wow. So that's, that would be my vote for what we well, do uh, if we use this format again. Well, we'll, we'll like definitely that, consider yeah. that, won't we? Can I pick some demand? Are we doing that now where we're all like... <laughs> We'll each pick a pay-per-view like in order. Once we've done four, the fifth episode will be like one of these round table ones and then we start again. I like the idea. That's not a bad yeah. idea, that. How's about that? I like it. Look, you so we'll, do the, we'll do the guest one next month. He can pick the pay-per-view. <gasps> it's a he. And then as a... Oh, God. Sorry. Spoilers. 
Maybe I Professor should Lim. Him get him. <laughs> Professor Lim. No, get <laughs> do that stupid thing where he goes, I think I've got it. You know that one. That should do it. Another puzzle solved. If you have any ideas about how to save this podcast, please post them on our Facebook group. Why, why is he traveling with a small boy? Because... <laughs> I don't know, Alan. <laughs> well, everyone's got to have a toy when they're away. From <laughs> one... <laughs> one clue, and now you're a part of it. It's a mystery, and now you solve it. Leighton's done it. Set him a laugh and drain my boss. <laughs> I'm just going to edit there because we can't buy we just can't go anywhere else after that That's, bye we'll have to close the podcast we can't follow that it's all now <laughs> close the website down <laughs> American Dream he's just a common man Quiz. Best Dusty Rhodes promo. Is the Hard Times promo? It's pretty good. The Hard Times one. The Hard Times is good. Also, put the Pork and Beans one's good as well. I've been I've been done many ways with Kings and Queens. That was Slim Slam Pork and Beans. I like that. How his name's put when he said that like um, how he picked how 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 he picked his name. Tell them the dream said that Sammy Dane is the name. Yeah, I just the hard the hard Times one. The, the way he comes out, he's all quite nice and normal, and he just gets revved up and revved up. By the time, by the time he gets to the end, he's ranting and raving. If it was Rick Flair being like taking all of his clothes off by this point, the the oh, what's on there already? The Dusty Rose Flair rivalry episode of that. Oh god, never. That's good. That's good. Watch that. Is, they had that on the main page when I went to it the other night. Yeah, got yeah. a great bit with them. So. The the, yeah. the cage match where Dusty wins the NWA Championship is fantastic. What's that? Stuck at eighty five, isn't it? Uh, I think so. Let me check. I'm sure it is. So. Ladies and gentlemen, the conquistadors have left the building.